This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome back to Educational Triage, everybody. And today we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Maria Cristina, and she is going to work with us and talk us through how we can go backwards so that we are not forcing our way into higher stress, worse health, and bad outcomes in trying to muddle our way through what is happening in education. Or maybe you're listening to this as a parent or as a community member, and you want to know what to do because you know that Dr. Maria Christina, she's an icon and she's an incredible guru. So we are going to be chatting with her today and seeing what we can do to fight the morass of anxiety, depression, and poor health. Good morning and hello and welcome. Good morning, Tony. So good to be here. (laughs) I am excited to talk to you about this critical issue of stress. And as we know, stress can kill you. And as a, a person who spent over 40 years in in education, 20 years in higher education. So now at 77, I'm looking back at all the stress (laughs) that I endured in my life. And I thought, gee whiz, if I had known then what I know now, how much better would my life have been? And I know we're going to talk about how we can turn that around because we need to, it's a killer. You and I both talked about my colleague who literally died on the job heavily Mm -hmm. into this stressful situation of the big university that he was running. And um, he, he lived on four, this is very sad though. He lived on four hours of sleep, diet coke on the goal. I mean, he was just prolific in terms of his, writing and, and, and his contributions to the organization. He was wonderful. And he just literally passed away at his desk, almost at his desk. I mean, on the very same day he was at work and really in dealing with a lot of stress, very stressful day for him. And he died that day. Or he was looking forward to retirement, um, to being in his late 70s or early 80s, having a wonderful time with the grandkids, mm-hmm. and none of that will happen. So I think the, the most critical thing is realizing when you are in stress, understanding um, how deadly that can be for your body. What can happen mm-hmm. to your body because you're enduring this? And we don't talk much about that, the fact that uh, this can injure us, even cognitively. There's the studies that are showing that stress can lead to later uh, uh, cognitive dysfunction as as the later years go on. So enduring it and not putting anything against it, not doing anything about it. Um, and, and oftentimes we don't know what to do about it. Most of the time we don't. I, I think I told you my, my, my number one strategy Exit, <laughs> exit the yeah. micromanaging situation that you're in. Exit. <laughs> now, that's but only if, if you but, can't, you know. But if you're in your forties, right. you're in your fifties, you know, you're in this district. You've given your years. You're there, right? You're not able to just step away. And and so I can remember feeling that 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 
just being trapped. You know, I was in my first presidency and I experienced huge micromanagement. I knew how to do the job. I was ready to go. This is my first presidency. I was so excited about it. And then, and then there was all these extraneous pressures on how the job should be done. And I knew I was stressed when I found myself in the grocery store talking to myself. I knew that I was stressed, but I did not know what to do about it. So now we're going to talk about what can we do? Yeah. How do we? Um, let me ask you a really quick question, though. Because you brought something up, and my question is, can stress, a high prevalence of stress for a period of time, can that lead to dementia? You know, there's some studies that say it can. There's some studies okay. that say that there's a relationship. It's that dangerous to our body, as well as the um, cardiovascular issues that can occur because mm -hmm. of it. Um, digestive issues. I mean, we can really um, damage our bodies by enduring stress without having any balance or technique to address it. So what can a person do if they are, let's say, in education and they're finding that their stress levels, be it from micromanagement, be it from student behavior, be it from the pressures put on by the parents, be it from whatever, what's a body to do? Okay, the first point I think is the recognition that you're in a state of stress. Okay, well, you can't get out of this circle of thinking about what the problem is. Okay, so you, you can't separate yourself from it. You're feeling anxiety. You're not able to sleep. Understanding I am in a state of stress, that's number one. The one thing that we don't ever really talk about is the strategy of using our breath to take down this level of anxiety. And there's a lot of, of work now about how we should uh, take the power of our breath to control um, our, our mental state. Okay, so, so one technique, and there's, there's no bad technique about breath, but you could breathe in by four counts by the nose, okay, and then hold for eight counts and then slowly blow out through your mouth um, as many breaths as as many counts as you can okay so you want to try it <laughs> so you breathe I'm in doing it right now okay you hold two, and then you slowly roll out okay now this the research is that if you do that four times that that should and it just takes seconds that should lower your level of anxiety, bring a level of calm to your body. And the recommendation is that you do this four times during the day. Now, this only takes seconds to make this happen, right? You're not even going to mm -hmm. be at a minute to do the four, the four um, the steps. You're breathing in by four. You're holding to eight. You're breathing out slowly. Take seconds to do it. So if you repeat How many this times... But how many, okay, so if I do that just for the, let's say it's 12 seconds with, or the 12 beats of breathe in for four, hold it for four, and then breathe out for four, how many times should I be doing that? So if I'm feeling stressed and I'm on my way to work and I'm driving right. in my car and I do this, how many times should I be doing that in four order sets. to hit that? Four sets, four times a day. Okay, got it. 
Four times four. Four times four. If you could do that, Got four it. times four. Okay, so so now you've given yourself one little tool, okay, one little thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of speakers do this to settle themselves down before they make the big speech, okay? And, and so there's a lot of research behind the fact that that really can calm the body, calm the mind, and get you to a different state. So what you're trying to do is change your mental state when you're in this excruciating level of stress and and switch over by doing something that's good for yourself. I'm going to talk about all the things that you can do that are good for yourself, but this is one little technique. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then the next technique is to first thing in the morning, you want to input something that's very positive. Okay. So you don't want to go through that, that cycle of keeping that drill going of what's going wrong. Okay. You want to add something to your brain that's taking it to a positive place. So, um, there are so many podcasts that you can go into. I'm listening to Henry now, the positive mindset, he, the positive mindset podcast. He does these little incremental, um, uh, positive statements that go about 10 minutes. Okay. So you have 10 minutes, but you can get them for five minutes. You can find the one that, that resonates with you so that the first thing you're doing in the morning is pulling in something positive. And, and then if you can add to that meditation where our bodies and our brains need that time to just settle and be grounded okay and so that's a present you can give to yourself you can in this time of meditation it can be a prayer it can be a mantra it can be one minute and so people who don't know anything about meditation take one minute and then when you're when you've got one minute a day and then you've got your little positive of <laughs> uh, uh, my uh Podcast coming in. Okay, you've, got, you've done mm-hmm. two things for yourself right away. Get in the car. Now you're doing your breathing. Now that's three different techniques that you can use. But what you're doing is changing the frequency that you're at, that stress level, which is that tape that's going through your brain that's saying, things are bad. <laughs> this is hard. How am I going to get through the day? Oh, my gosh. So we, we want to switch that. And we can do it with those three techniques. So that's this is okay. So I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a little wrench in the works, and that is, let's say that we'll we'll just say Chris the teacher, because that's a that's an ambiguous name. Wakes up, but they have children. They have animals that they have to deal with. And so they're trying to get them all ready for school. They have a partner and they're trying to, so it's just chaos in the morning, just trying to get out the door. And then maybe that, maybe they and their partner commute to work together. So when are they going to have that time or do they need to figure out and set some strong boundaries in order to create and carve out that niche for them to be able to do that. Is that I, what I would they say, should be doing? I would say yes to that. And it then gets to the point of how important is it to you to reduce your stress? How important Got is it? it? Because we find time to do the things mm-hmm. that are important to us. 
even when we don't have time. We find mm -hmm. the good time. So there's the brushing the teeth time. There's the combing the hair type. I mean, there's time in the morning that you can close the bathroom door and say, okay, this is my time. This is my time. Mm -hmm. I get my one minute in. I can get my two minutes in. I can, I can get this done. Or when you're driving alone in the car and the kids aren't there. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, you know, so you can carve those little minutes out and it doesn't have to be a huge amount of time. Ideally, yes, you would have 20 minutes to sit down and completely decompress, take your yoga class, <laughs> really have that time. All <laughs> that's good. But if you don't and can't, then this is the other avenue that you can take. Right. Is it also good for people to start off the morning with, um, because there are people who don't pray and they would balk at that, or they would balk maybe at meditating, so at least at the term of meditation, but right. in order to get them kind of to that plane, is a gratitude list? Is oh, that I think yeah, a gratitude list is fabulous. A gratitude list and, is fabulous. And just going over everything and what I used to do when I was caring for my mother and I was working and I was and I had all these other activities that were going on, um was I would drive in my car and I would be thankful for everything, everything, including the negative. Because the negative, I knew that there was something that there I was going to learn from it, but I didn't know what yet. And so I needed to look at that as a positive mountain to be climbing and to be drilling through. And so that helped. That is fabulous. Now, so you... You took the situation that you were in that could bring anyone all the way down and you pulled yourself back up again by looking at what this, what could be gained from this negative experience that you were in. It was a learning experience on this journey of life. You looked at it that way. That is the best ever. If you can get to that point, that's the best. It's, it's a hard one and it, and it seems rather ironic because even the people who I would like to, I would just like to be able to have go poof and, and go away out of my life. I knew that there was some reason why they were there. So I would thank, be thankful for them. And Absolutely. so it could, it did actually change many of my interactions Except for when, and now let's say that we get to work and we've done all these things. What happens when, you, when you're confronted with the dragon head on? Because now the battle will begin and you're prepared for battle, but now you actually have to face the dragon and, and figure out what is it that, how am I going to do this now? Because now I've got that anxiety, that stress creeping back in. Okay, so that's where you go back to the the, the, the positive state that you were in. You try to keep that vibration going. So if that vibration is positive, it's going mm -hmm. to help you get through that toxic individual that you'll have to deal with, that toxic situation that you have to deal with, because you're kind of stepping back from it and watching mm -hmm. it evolve as opposed to letting absorbing it and letting it take you down. So... Again, it's 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 thinking through it, but you, the the strategy that you have is absolutely excellent. If you can keep that strategy going, thinking, okay, I, this is for a reason. I'm 
I'm already in a positive state because if you've done any of those little tricks, uh, little strategies, you're in a better mm-hmm. place to start with. And you're going to try to, by practice, and this is not easy, by practice to stay in that positive flow, that positive energy or vibration. And sometimes it's okay if you're embroiled in something just to step back and say, I need a moment and give yourself that permission to give yourself a timeout. Absolutely. That's a great strategy. If you can take a moment, then you can get back to, all right, what frequency do I want to be on? And Mm -hmm. that bit of stepping away is wonderful. If you can step away for a time for yourself, it's not selfish. It's important. So at the end of the day, you need you need a big timeout, okay? Not just a minute or two timeout. You need a big timeout. You need a walk. You need a bubble bath. You need you need something that gives you joy, that fills you up and makes you know, oh, mm-hmm. look, I've done something good for myself. That is a big timeout that we don't ever talk about. But the, if you're in a stressful situation, you need that because if you don't have it, who do we go to? The fast food, right? Okay, mm-hmm. something yummy and delicious and fattening. Okay, comfort food. The fats and the carbs, the things that are textured so that you want them. We, we do, okay? So they, there's a reason they call it comfort food. You know, we're, we're, we're self-medicating with food in order to try to relieve the stress. And all that does is make it worse, okay? So now by the, the bad nutrition we are now damaging our bodies we're going to have digestive issues we're going to have you know we're we're having sugar that's that's connected to just every chronic disease including alzheimer's um but we also have because new studies are coming out all the time now and it was something that i investigated when my mother had uh louis body dementia and i was doing a blog back then um and that is the gut mind connection. And the fact that sometimes when you have sugar, your brain demands more sugar because there is something with the insulin levels of the brain. And you can have brain diabetes without having diabetes, really. It's just this craving, it's just this weird need. And so, um, if you're, there's a direct link between if you're eating healthily, and you're eating well, you are eating properly. So that means that you're eating things that give you the nutrients that you need in order to survive and be able to function at a higher capacity, rather than something like eating a gallon of ice cream because you're depressed and this is going to make you feel better. It's sort of like drinking a bottle of vodka and saying that's going to make you feel better and you end up feeling even worse. Is that right? Well, you know, uh, uh, let's talk about alcohol next because that's another killer for us. But uh, flour and sugar are called the new uh, heroin and, and cocaine. They're that addictive. So the dopamine, you know, that pleasure sense in our brain says, okay, this was great. I got to have more. And mm-hmm. it is, we're at the mercy of the, of the branding and advertising of the food industry. Okay. So they're telling us this is all natural, which means nothing. Okay. And this is ha- protein. Now you have protein candy. 
Okay. Right. It's candy. <laughs> oh, but it has 12 grams of protein. Of well, protein. the sugar in it is going to add to any benefit you would get with any little bit of protein they put in. Um, and so it's very difficult to unhinge yourselves from that wave of, of, of really slick marketing for products that are really injurious to our body. There is a, a, an author, um, uh, Vanna Hari, who wrote the, the book Feeding You Lies, and she says that in the future, much of what we eat today is going to have a little label on it, just like cigarettes, um, injurious to your health. Okay, a little warning label. But the, you know, the whole tobacco industry was sold to us as really good. You know, we can remember the Marlboro man, you know, this was the way to really be a man, you know. But so then, then we went to Virginia Slim so we could get that female population, you know, hooked on cigarettes. And it was, you know, for years, I can remember the testimony about with the CEO saying, oh, yeah, it's not bad for you. <laughs> and right. until it was completely, you know, um, uh, they, they unmasked as something that was going to be injurious to our health. And then they had to put the little warning labels on. So what is in much of our food today that we're going to, to, to self-medicate when we are under stress? A lot of those ingredients are banned in Europe and they're in our food today. And right. so now we're just eating more of the bad things and that just is creating more inflammation in our bodies. It, it, so now we have external stress and internal stress, a, a, double, a, a, a double dilemma in terms of, of the, that combination. And those foods aren't, aren't necessarily cheap either. I, I miss that. They're not, they're not inexpensive. Oh, no. That's true. But, but I've been seeing huge sales on them of late. Because, well, because prices are kind of out of control, but I find that it's cheaper to eat healthy now because if you just, if you go around the periphery of the supermarket, yes, except now they're putting, they're mixing the bakery in with the produce. Yes. <laughs> so you got to kind of finagle your way through that. And the deli is right there. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's. And they say, don't go down the aisles. Well, I do have to go down the aisles because I have to buy my coconut milk and I have to buy my uh, Cholula and I have to buy all my other ingredients that I need because I do a lot of paleo cooking. Which, so, which is excellent. But your point is good about what they're doing. Since it's so slick. All those baked goods, you have to go through those first before you get to the mm -hmm. vegetables and fruit. Um, and so they're they're counting on your lack of willpower. Willpower. And you're going to pick up one of those, you know, big crates of cupcakes or something, um, as opposed <laughs> to the, the the. And it's tempting, you know, it's tempting. Except when you think, okay, how injurious is this going to be to my health? How mm -hmm. much is it going to limit my health span? Okay, so we're going to have a lifespan. But is the health span going to match it? And when I think of, you know, the harm that it's going to do, and I think of where I was eight years ago. So eight years ago, I was, I was overweight. I was stressed out. Luckily, I was able to step away 
<laughs> and now I'm healthier today. I can do things today at 77. I could never do at 57. And, and I've changed completely. Out and, out. and of course, the stress is gone. And now I know the strategies to reduce stress. And mm-hmm. uh, the uh, no, re- alcohol is an issue. Okay, so alcohol. And so the, what do the beverage uh, manufacturers tell us about alcohol? Oh, two glasses a day, oh, you know, red wine, you know, really good. No. Okay, that's their marketing to us, just like the food industry is marketing to us to addict us to something that's not going to be good for our bodies. So alcohol will, will address damage to three major systems in our body, according to Andrew Cooper, but he studied alcohol. And what we think mm-hmm. of a social drinker and what this researcher says is a social drinker, two different things. But I used to use just, you know, a little split of champagne every day for, you know, oh, how, how, how hard could that be? How bad could that be? <laughs> that was bad. Okay, that's, that's not a social drinker. That's somebody that's really, you know, becoming addicted to it, what we have come to think is a social drinker, which is one or two drinks a day. And what and a lot of physicians will say, oh, well, two glasses of red wine, that's not bad. There's no evidence to show that there is any substantial benefit or any benefit at all, according to the researchers, regarding what you're going to get out of two glasses of red wine. Because the reverse of all, which is that one ingredient that you want in the wine, there's not enough of it in there in order to give you any benefit. And what is in there is the toxin that is going to cause gut health issues, etc. It will disturb sleep. And so that's the next thing I want to talk about. How's your sleep? Okay. For most stressed people, the sleep is not very good. Okay. Because you're under a lot of stress and your brain won't turn off. And so therefore you do not get good sleep. So you can use the same protocol that we talked about in the morning, that same Mm -hmm. little protocol of winding yourself down or letting your brain know, okay, sleep is going to be coming up in the next half hour or hour. So I'm going to shut down all of my electronics. I'm going to do something that's going to be good for myself, which could be just a minute of gratitude. What, what in this world, all the things that exist today, am I grateful for? And that could be your winding down, keeping the lights dim, keeping the room at a good, cool temperature. Um, Maybe listening to some classical music or something that really soothes and speaks to your soul. Something that you're doing that gives you that, and you do it every every night so that, that your brain becomes accustomed to, this is the time that we're going to wind down. That's a What strategy. about reading? What about reading? Because some people think, well, what am I going to do? Because I can't just sit there and just stare and whatnot. <laughs> I know some people who take walks. In order you know, to and I think it's, calm themselves it's probably, down at night, it's it's probably an individual thing, Tony. I don't know. I think to me, you're still engaging your brain in something that you know. If it's if it works for you, so here's the thing: if mm-hmm. it works for you, okay, um, I wouldn't shut it down. But I would try the other, where you're in the other strategies where you're not really engaging your. Um, your brain in and something specific you're giving it a rest okay so you're giving it okay. a timeout before you go into your sleep state 
So maybe even just taking a quick shower that or taking that. a sits bath sure, or a bubble bath, as you put it. Um, yeah. Or absolutely because, yeah, sometimes sometimes I've been known to go out on my back deck and just sort of sit there if the weather permitting, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and just thinking about whatever and looking at the skies, at the stars, having my dogs with me or just cuddling and just playing a little bit with them um, and doing that one-on-one -on -one time, which maybe I don't always do enough of, but um, this is the time to make up for that time if there is any and just, I don't know, use, it's something that uses your brain that's not passive, like watching TV, looking at your phone, something like that. Right. Is if that... No, and you, you've got a perfect strategy. If you've got a pet, you have that time to just enjoy being with, okay? Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity to, even if it's, even if it's, we've had horrible, horrible cold winter here um, and lots and lots of snow in Reno, but taking minutes, just a few minutes out to watch the beauty of the snow drifting down. Mm -hmm. Or being outside and watching the wind blow through the leaves of the, of the trees. Just, you know, having that moment to say, gee, this is a beautiful thing. The sky with clouds, the sky at sunset, you know, just taking that time to say, I want to just absorb this moment in nature that's beautiful. So it's more of a disconnection from everything else in your daily life. And just creating and being aware of your surroundings at that time? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you begin the day with meditation. You put some meditation sprinkled through the day as you need it, because it's more survival meditation at that point, which may transition to something bigger and better for you, but it's all individualized. And then you have this meditative state at the end of the day, correct? Right. But one thing we haven't talked about that I'd like to, to delve into just a little bit is movement and the kind of movement that yes. we can do. So one strategy when I was early in my career in education, I was in a very stressful situation and, you know, the micromanaging was kind of caving in on me. <laughs> and what I did, and this is, this is many years ago, was I took up racquetball. And it was the best thing I ever did because, you know, this is a little ball. You have to really whack the heck out of it. And you're all over that court. You're completely exhausted. You have no way to do anything except concentrate on where that ball is going. And it was just such a um, wonderful way to let stress go. Um, I, I am a trainer, so I train in my home, and I train executive ladies, and they come into the my little fitness center, and they're like, mm. <laughs> they've had a stressful day. They leave, and they're fine, okay? So you can't, you know, stress your muscles and work on a particular exercise program and, and be distracted by the things that's causing you stress as you walk in the door. So you've got to concentrate on your breath. You've got to concentrate on pulling down those weights. You've got to concentrate on that positions that you're in and being in the right form. You don't have time to get back into what is stressing you. So I think it's imperative to find some 
movement. And it's got to be the movement that you will do. I believe in strength training because it's turned back time for me. My Mm -hmm. mobility now, my strength now is so much better than 20 years ago. So you can get stronger with age. You can start at any time. But it's a wonderful way to relieve the anxiety of the day, the, the stress of the day, getting into, if you're very fit, then get into the racquetball or get into tennis. If you want something slower, there's yoga, there's strength training, and everyone can do just a little bit. So my ladies, when they're not with me, I have them doing um, squats and, and curls and wall push-ups, things that you can do that actually many things you can do with your body weight. You don't have to have equipment. Mm-hmm. I know that some of the gyms and other other platforms, they have a way for you to connect So online. So let's say that, okay, let's take the gym crunch. There is a program. You can actually download it. And if you have a smart TV, you can you can download it on your television. And you simply type in your pertinent information because if you're a Crunch member, you get this and it's free. And they have aerobics classes. They have different kinds of cardio classes. They have some yoga classes. They have all kinds of stuff that you can do in your home. And they're not really that easy because I have tried some of the yoga classes and I am not good at yoga. I am not that flexible, but it's a way for those people who might see um, that they're embarrassed. They don't want to go to the gym because they're so self-conscious. And they say, what if people are looking at me? The one thing people need to know is that people who are concerned about people looking at them aren't aware that the people who they think are looking at them are concerned about the other people looking at them. (laughs) So everybody thinks that everybody is looking at them. And right. there are some people that, that yeah, people are looking at you for probably positive reasons, if they are, or they're looking at you because you're doing something that's just, I don't know. But I know that when I would go into the gym and I would be on the elliptical or I'd be up, up in the um, weight room and I would see people who I hadn't seen before who might have been overweight or out of shape and they're starting to do things. And I always thought to myself, there but for the love of God go I and good for them that they are actually doing this for themselves. And I would it would encourage me. And so Absolutely. they can think of themselves as being an encourager just by showing up. Absolutely. But you, you make such a good point about Uh, how much is available to us right now. So if you are Mm -hmm. self-conscious, I know I was, um, I would not have started my fitness journey if it were not for the fact that my, my trainer, now I've been with him for eight years now. um, And he says he has, he has clients that have been with him for 20 years. Uh, But, and he's about to turn 65 with no, no plans for retirement whatsoever. So, um, but I never would have entered that that uh, a fitness studio if there were other people there. I was that self-conscious. And of course, eight years ago, there weren't the apps and the the you know the the accommodations that there mm-hmm. are today. So just from what you mentioned, somebody could pick out 
if yoga wasn't for them, what about one of those? I mean, they have a whole menu of options for you that you could try. Mm -hmm. And you start off at your own pace. Don't try to keep up with them because if you if if you cannot walk the next day then you've done something wrong so but you still got to get back in there and you still got to do it but always mix it up so you don't get get tired of it i just started zumba a couple of weeks ago while i'm also working with my crossfit trainer because i needed another outlet and it's a social thing am i great at zumba no i suck but I'm in the back of the room and I go with my neighbor and she thinks it's so funny because she's she said, do you want to come and suck at Zumba with me? And I said, sure. So we go there and we met these couples. We've met all these people and we just have the best time because we're not worried about what other people think of us. Well, occasionally you do when you're swirling your hips. But um, <laughs> but, you know, you just kind of go there and you have fun and you try to keep up. And so that's the fun part. And it's social and it takes you completely out of yourself. Is how important is that the socializing, the taking yourself out of everything? Is that No, I think it's it's really critical. And the studies that have been done on on issues of dementia have shown that those who are stay uh, in at, at their fittest level of cognition, have close social interactions, okay? So they have positive interaction. They have a community. They have a level of support that's there for them. So that, that's what you found that you're going to go because it's fun, right? You're going right. to go because there's somebody's going to miss you if you're not there. They're going to notice, whoa, where's Tony? Okay, so because you, you've created this. So this is... This is fabulous. So if you can have the attitude that you have, Tony, that, hey, it uh, doesn't matter that I suck at it. I'm going to do this for my body because my body needs to have this kind of movement. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have to kind of find where that is. And what yeah. seems to be an inhibitor to our progress is the fact that we cheat on ourselves, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't have accountability. Because if nobody's watching that I turn on, you know, to, to, to do my yoga class. No, and, and then I, maybe I don't do it. Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody knows. Nobody misses me because it's on demand and I can pick it up at any mm -hmm. time. Um, I've got a, a, a program starting pretty soon for ladies that is going to be an accountability program. It's on Zoom, so I can see them. Then they're going to go into a closed Facebook group. There's a little community, and they can encourage each other. And then I will go into that community and then give extra help and support to them because then there's accountability. So we've got to find for you what's the best method, okay? So is it a class? Is it is it is it a Facebook group where you have connections? Is it some somehow not all of us are so disciplined that we can just do it by ourselves? Most of us can't. Let me ask you a really quick question because I think this is something that I hadn't even thought of before before we began or in any of our conversations that we've had. And and because you were talking about the relationships and having that support group. How can a person tell if they're in a positive support group or if they're in a toxic support group? Because I think that that is huge. I think it is huge. And, and so 
how would a person know whether or not that their friendships are toxic, but how does a person realize that they're in a toxic situation um, for themselves and in their support group? And how do they get out of that support group and still find the support that they need? Okay. So part of it, I think, Tony, is getting into the place where the space you want to be in terms of positivity, because Mm -hmm. we usually attract to ourselves what we're sending out to the world. Okay. So we're in a negative space. We're going to connect with negative people. Okay. Because we want to talk about how bad stuff is and they do too. Right. Okay. So we're going to connect with this group and we're all going to be negative together. So it, it goes almost back to what we were talking about in terms of the frequency that we're at or the, or the mindset, the, mm-hmm. the state of mind that we're at. We're trying, we're trying to pull that to the place where we're not uh, absorbing negativity. Now, we're at that level of positivity. We're going to seek other people who have a happy outlook on life in general. Okay, So you're going to know if you're in a group and everybody's talking about how bad things are, that's your negative group. If you're in a group that's sort of transcending the negativity and going to what is positive, then that's a group that, that because you're at that level, okay, trying to be there, you're going to seek people that are at that level and you're going to rise together as opposed to bringing everybody down. And I think it's an important point that you make. I, I think that that is that other little factor for um, dealing with stress because if you're in that that situation where you're dealing with the micromanagement and everybody's talking about how bad it is okay then you're not lifting yourself out of that so you want to find a try to shift yourself into a place where you can attract people who are not talking about how bad it is rather how you work around what that toxicity is that you're experiencing how you work around it and stay grounded and a place where you want to be in that positive frequency or even counteract the toxicity and get rid of the toxins so that you have you go. something that's more vibrant and free-flowing and works for everybody absolutely well said this has been this has been wonderful Seriously, you have so much, and it's been delightful. I've enjoyed it, Tony, and I can't thank you enough for uh, having me as one of your guests. Oh, I am I I am floored. I'm just so excited, <laughs> and the fact that we were able to do and cover so much, and it all makes sense. I mean, it's all very, very simple, isn't it? It is. But it then- is. In theory, but then putting on the clothes and walking out the door and starting to do things and making it into a habit and making it continuous so that we follow through, that's the real struggle, isn't it? That's a real struggle, but I think at least knowing what some of the components are as interventions, at least Mm -hmm. knowing what some of those strategies are. I wish I had known way back when I wouldn't have been in the grocery store talking to myself, you know, I would have been trying to come to this, this level of positivity and understanding, Hey, this is a strategy and maybe I'm not going to do it continuously, but, but it is there for me to grab onto um, when I can. Well, they do say that speaking to yourself, I, I had to look into this cause I've been doing it all my life. 
Um, they they claim that it's a sign of intelligence. So um, oh, okay, I'll take it as that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, but now, how can people find you, and how can they contact you? And as I mentioned, we connected on LinkedIn. Um, and then you're also on Facebook. And how would they find yes. you on Facebook? Um, right. Well, I have for for women over forty. I have the group flourish with age. So mm -hmm. that is a place where I do talk about exercises and, and uh, nutrition and mindset about aging. Um, but I guess the best spot, if you want to talk about your fitness journey, I love to, to chat about it and okay. send you on your way. So the best way to contact me would be through my website, drmariacristina.com. And you can go on to to Calendly, and in that space, you can book a call. Oh, great! Perfect, perfect. This is this has been wonderful, and hopefully, um, we have reached a number of you out there who even even the men out there. I mean, this is this is very helpful for the men as well. So, yes. because we don't consider them so much. Um, in many ways, because everybody thinks that they're going to take care of themselves by going to the gym and that their stress levels are so different than they are for women. But sometimes they're greater. They Men die sooner than women do, um, for the right. most part. So mm -hmm. men, you, got, you need to pay attention to this. Um, but I think that this is wonderful. So would you be, would you be object to working with men or do you have... Oh, not at all. Okay. No. Perfect. So there we have it. And so I will bid you all adieu. And remember, we are on Facebook. We are on all the podcast platforms. And you can catch us there. Check out the show notes because we have some of her contacts information down there. And for that, I am going to say thank you for listening. And thank you, Dr. Maria Christina. Bye -bye. My pleasure.